Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, uh, my friends, to show number 29. This is Smokin' and Toastin'. Or the, show number two, if you want to just call the, it about right, Smokin' I was just about three, to say, yeah, the, the uh, newly renamed Smokin' and Toastin'. Uh, the program formerly known as Sip, Smoke, and Savor. I like Smokin' and Toastin'. It kind of rolls you know, off the tongue. You know what? I'm starting to actually like it better. As mad <laughs> as I got about that whole thing, I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking this might be the best thing that ever happened. You know, you sent me some label uh, or some uh, logo proofs the other day, yes. too. I love those first yes, two. Yes, those, those first two looking good. So we're having that worked on. We're just about to do a redo of the Facebook page and all of that. And so, uh, so, it's, uh, so it's actually going to be a very exciting time for the show because it's almost like getting a second, a second win. Wind, you know, like yeah, a second uh, do over. Yeah, a do over, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and considering some of the early shows, I think a do over is in order. No. Hey, we just get, we get better. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Or we so, get more seasoned. I'm not sure which one's better. This uh, this is the program that's all about craft beer, uh, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. My co-host is Ian Barry, and uh, welcome back. We uh, we inadvertently took a week off. It wasn't planned, but that's the way it worked out. But our last show. That was so much fun to do. That was a blast. Was with uh, Jimmy from Shiner, the yeah, brewmaster. That guy was. I love when he goes. You know when you want to sit down and drink fifteen beers. <laughs> <laughs> he was great. He was just like he was so like. And maybe it's maybe it's kind of a Texas thing because Shiner is such an iconic Texas brand. But there was just this complete lack of political correctness, right? You know, right. That, that he just made him like and he was adorable. so exuberant. Too. He, was, he was. He was just, he was just he was so excited to be. And think about it: we had him. We did the show at the end of the day. We recorded yeah. at the end of the day. He had like one more event thing that he had to do. Yeah. But he'd been going since like the early morning TV news earlier he started that day. In Shiner that day, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah. Started in Shiner, drove in to Shiner, Houston yeah. in time to be on the early morning TV show. Started drinking Shiner. At like eight thirty on these shows, and uh, and he was still there going. We were like, I remember you go, can I buy you a shiner? He's like, of course you can. <laughs> <laughs> so so he he was just great. What yeah, a, what a lot was, of fun. He was a lot of fun. and exuberant. And I would love, and we should plan this actually. I know you've been to the Shiner uh, Brewery, the Spetzel uh, Brewery in Shiner, a number of times. A but, number of times, yes. But now when we go, we can go hang with him. Yes. And that would be just super oh, fun. have his personal card. Can't yeah. wait to make yeah. that call. <laughs> like, hey, man, I'm going to yes. be in town. Yes. Guess what, Jimmy? You made some friends you Jim, may regret you made. That's right. <laughs> We're coming to Shiner. <laughs> oh, so uh, so anyway, we are uh, we are thrilled to have you listening for show number 29 or two or three or whatever it is now. So. We also had Frank on that show. Frank's yes, a friend did. of mine. And He's so the, uh, we're going to have Beam Frank Suntory rep now. And we're going to have him back because he represents so many different brands. There's so much to talk about. His official title him. is the luxury specialist. You I know we said that on the show. That. I love you gotta that. Got to love that. I That's love just that. good. That's just good. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be a luxury specialist. <laughs> so mad at my guidance I'm counselor. I'm just jealous of the title. <laughs> they never told me <laughs> I don't about even care if I don't have a job. I just want to call myself that. They never told me I could be a luxury specialist. <laughs> right. Oh well, I can't complain because we have some fun on the show today. We are going to have uh, we're going to have a really good time. Uh, we are t- going to be tasting some, I hope, uh, great items, and we're going to be talking about some uh, pretty important stuff: craft beer that won't make you fat. What? Now you know I'm a big guy, uh, and I've been drinking craft beer for a while. And you know I went through the phase of of drinking lighter beers, and I understand that. Like you know, I tried the I, I spent a summer. Drinking primarily Michelob Ultra. I look back at that now and think, well, I may be a couple of pounds lighter, but it's a summer I'll never get back. 
That's just you know what I'm saying. Like like it, there's there's nothing wrong with it. It's just right. It's just not the full flavor kind of beer that I like. You know, yeah. and so and so uh, my next plan was <clears throat> drink good beer, just drink less of it. That's a plan that works pretty well. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, you know at one point in time I was in pretty darn good shape and I had just about a four pack going on at least. Mm-hmm. Like if I flexed. And, uh, and I thought to myself, you know, I could shave a little bit off if I stopped drinking beer, so I'll drink scotch instead. That didn't work. Did I it? found out <laughs> a very unfortunate thing about me is uh, yeah. I can actually drink 16 ounces of scotch <laughs> at the exact same rate that I can drink 16 ounces of beer with vastly, vastly different uh, end results. I totally understand what you're saying. <laughs> and now here, I, I, I identify with this because uh, having been on the radio or talking speaking professionally for most of my life i always have to have something to drink some kind of liquid yes, yes. to keep my throat moist otherwise my throat starts to get dry and crack mm-hmm. and my voice will get funny so um, i'm used to always having something to drink so it's the same way when i want to drink a cocktail or a beer or some i'm that's one of the reasons I like beer so much because you can actually drink it. You can quench your thirst yeah, with yeah. it. Whereas, you know, the fine spirits, they're more about sipping in the experience. And I love that and enjoy it, but it doesn't work as well when I'm thirsty. True. And I'm not good with mixed drinks. You put those little cocktail straws oh, yeah, in there I'll and they're down. gone and like, yeah. they're and, done like and that. And that's actually my biggest problem with, with cocktails and with um, uh, even some spirits is that I have a tendency to drink them really fast. Yeah. So, A, yeah. You get drunk really fast, and yep. B, <laughs> like you were saying, if you drink that much scotch as opposed to uh, having beers, it does not help in the vastly loss. different yes. experiences. Yes, right. So, so uh, here's the here's the deal, though. It's a guide. It's, it's a very common sense guide. I've looked at this information. It it really the title might be a, a bit misleading. Craft beer that won't make you fat. Any craft beer will make you fat if you drink you know enough or too much of it. Yeah, it's packed but, with crazy amounts of calories. But this is a way that you can. Uh, come at it from an educated viewpoint. Know what some of the lower calorie options are that may still satisfy your craft beer craving. So that's what this show uh, will feature, and it's a really, really good article. I'm looking forward to sharing it. I'm excited uh, about so, that. Yeah, so that's really good. Uh, Dunhill cigars are done. That's crazy. Dunhill cigars are going away. That's crazy because yep. I love their uh, Winston Churchill yep. editions. Mm-hmm. Those are delicious. So we will have uh, we will have that story for you. And um, okay, we're at least going to touch on this. Walmart. Do you remember uh, Ian? About uh, I don't know, maybe a dozen shows ago, uh, I I brought in the story about Walmart. Having their own we line of craft we didn't beer. do that on uh, smoke and toast, and that was those sip smoke and that, right. Guys. That okay. was totally different. Oh, that was those guys. Okay, <laughs> but we did talk about <laughs> those guys are crazy. By we, <laughs> we did talk about yes, these, yes, yes. These craft beers that. from yeah. Walmart. Well, Walmart is now being sued over these craft beers because there is no brewery, there is no craft brewery, and they don't fit the right packaging. And uh, sales guidelines, as established uh, by the organization to establish these guidelines, to actually be called craft beer. So they're subcontracting macro right. brews and selling them yep. as a craft they, brew. They come from the Genesee uh, Brewing Company, and they are uh, now, now. I thought Genesee was a craft brewery. We talked about Genesee having their Christmas tree with the kegs, remember right? That? Right. So, so I don't know the full story, but we'll get into this. Walmart definitely facing an actual legal challenge. Over referring to these in-house Walmart brands as craft beer, so we're gonna have to see if we can find those. I think I'll find that. I'll make that a challenge to myself mm-hmm. to see if mm-hmm. I can pick up 
some of those craft beers this next week. Yeah, uh, we'll do some tasting of some actual craft beer. Uh, Odell Brewing's Drumroll American Pale Ale. So I'm looking I've forward. Never had it. Looking I, forward. Odell, to makes, Odell makes great, great beers. Yes, they do. They're 90 shilling. Um, great Scotch uh, Ale from Conroe, Texas. The Southern Star Half Nelson IPA. Also now, haven't tried. Yeah. Now remember, uh, Southern Star, of course, has the uh, Pine Belt IPA. That's yes, their. Yes. That's their sort of everyday normal standard IPA. So this is a this is a new uh, and pro- possibly limited time. Southern version. Star makes Buried Hatchet, which is one of the best. Stouts that See, I even know of. That's a great brewery. Yeah. That's a great brewery. And uh, my understanding is that the brewmaster there, uh, when he worked for St. Arnold, is the man who actually crafted Alyssa, which is the St. Nice. Arnold, which is a fantastic IPA. beer. Yes. Yeah. So, so they they've got some chops there at Southern Star. And speaking of St. Arnold, uh, St. Arnold D- Divine Reserve Seventeen. I have an unopened bottle, and we will crack the uh, seal. The and, DR series are yes. such a treat. I actually yes. have a few at my house as well. Okay, so we'll talk about this because there's it seems to have been a change in Divine. Reserve, so we'll get we'll get to that. And um, oh, also, I brought in uh, the Plantation EXO um, 20th Anniversary Barbados Rum for us to sample. We've done that a lot of whiskeys nice. lately, so I thought let's do a rum. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. Um, so there we go. So uh, Ian, I know we only got a couple moments left in this uh, segment, but uh, did you uh, smoke anything interesting this I week? I did actually. I had an Aroma de Cuba edition especial. Okay, wait a second. An aroma to Cuba. Aroma to Cuba. That's what my cigar is as well. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> now I didn't do the. Uh, I haven't seen you in like. Out. I haven't seen you in like two weeks. It's which hilarious is, that is, both of us have an aroma. And to it's Cuba. so unusual for us because not only <laughs> we usually see each other, you know, at the show every right, week, right. but we also almost always manage to see each other at least one other yeah. time during the week. And uh, like it's been two weeks. Literally. Yeah, it's been like two weeks. It's been forever, <laughs> man. Missed you, man. This yeah. uh, Aroma de Cuba, I've had a few of their cigars before, and they're top-notch. I didn't know this until I started looking into this one. Did you know they're made by Ashton? Well, it, this is interesting. Or made by the same company that makes Ashton. Yes. They, uh, actually, some of the line is made by Ashton. Some of the line is now made by Don Pepin Garcia. Oh, you're ahead of me on yeah, this then. Wow. Yes, okay. yes, so. so the one I had definitely comes up under uh, made mm-hmm. by Ashton. Yep, yep. And it's the Aroma de Cuba Edition Especial, and it was the most cigar-like cigar that I think I've had. The most cigar. Now, do you mean a kind of a traditional tobacco taste? It is taste? such is that a what traditional, saying? like, it is everything you expect when you see a big old cigar, and it was awesome. Like, the burn was perfect. The flavor was perfect. It was just like this big classic cigar flavor. It was earthy, had a little pepper, had a little leather, had a little bit of everything in wow. it, kind of, actually. And uh, it was a zesty cigar-flavored cigar, and it was. Like, <laughs> cigar fl- imagine that. Yeah, I mean, uh, like like a lot of cigars taste like a lot of other things, but this one was what, just. What size was this one? Was this it a- one was the uh, like a Corona size? Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, and man, it just was so good from beginning, and it burned impeccable. Like down yeah. to where I'm almost burning my fingers, the burn never and it's moved just straight from being, like a razor. Yeah, yeah. even I love the it. The ash was uh, long. I uh, I tip my ashes when they get long enough to where I fear that they're going to drop on me because I've ruined uh-huh. my shirts like that. Yes. Anyway, it was wonderful. I'm going to give it basically an eight out of ten. Oh on that. wow, that's yeah. a good that's a good rating. Okay, eight out All of right. ten on price to quality, right? <laughs> that's right. Okay. All right. So I'll tell you about my cigar when we come back, and I want to mention too. Talking about tobacco-flavored cigars, I will also mention a Cohiba that I smoked recently. Nice. So, uh, so lots of tasting coming up. This is Smoking and Toasting, and we'll tell you all about craft beer that won't make you fat.
Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, uh, segment number two of show number 29 or whatever we happen to be. Uh, so we were talking before the break about um, about your cigar that you smoke, your uh, Aroma de Cuba. Cuba. You said that it was very cigar-like, very like straightforward tobacco, right? the classic cigar-flavored mm-hmm. cigar, and I loved it because of it. It was so good. Well, it wasn't what I was going to mention specifically because I also smoked a, a, an Aroma de Cuba this week. That's so funny. But I... Um, I also smoked a Cohiba, the Red Dot Cohiba, the Dominican Cohiba. Yeah, it was yeah. Dominican or Nicaraguan. See, I didn't do my research on it because it wasn't the one I was going to talk about. But I remember thinking as I smoked it, this is the most cigar-tasting cigar I've had in a long time. <laughs> so it's just interesting, you know, kind of a parallel to what you were talking about. I really liked yeah. the flavor of yeah. it. It was very enticing. But it wasn't about it being super complex. It was fairly straightforward, yeah. but it was very, I was just like, yeah, this is like a tobacco sort of Well, a it occurred to me while I was smoking a cigar, too, that a lot of times when we're smoking a cigar, we're like, oh, it has this flavor and this flavor and a little bit of this and a little bit of this. This cigar had some of that, like very, right. <clears throat> very small, minute qualities. I mean, like if I wanted to go into it, it was leathery. It was a little toasty. It was like, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a few things. Um, but it just was cigar Mm-hmm. Like plain and simple, it was just such a good cigar. And this is, uh, you know, one of the things that I had noticed about this whole line of cigars yeah. is that they all had a very consistent sort of a cigar quality. Reminded me a little bit of um, of the um, Fuente line, not the ultra high end right. part of the Fuente line, but more the mid range right, right. line of Fuente cigars or two of Fuente cigars. Well, and just very straightforward, but very delicious. And mine's been in my humidor for a while because it's got kind of an unassuming. It's a real classy label, mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. but it doesn't it doesn't look like it's not rich and dark. It's not a whole bunch of other things. It's just a cigar looking cigar, and <laughs> damn, it was good. Well, I smoked the La Aroma de Cuba Mi Amor. Reserva Divino, and that's a lot of words, but basically, it's a lot of syllables. This there, yeah. is a, this is the the line. I think thinking, let's try now to create one that is more complex, that is not as straightforward as the other tobacco. And to do so, they went to Don Pepin Garcia, who is really well known oh, for. Yeah. The complexity of his cigars. I mean, he's the guy behind, you know, like Diesel and um, uh, what is the my father, uh, my father. Yeah, yes, yeah. so right, exactly. So he um, he crafted this cigar for them, and it was in C- cigar aficionado, cigar aficionado's top twenty five of the year last year. I love year. that magazine. That magazine is so fun to read. Yeah, uh, as a matter of fact, I was reading the one with Arnold on the cover uh, just last <laughs> night. Right. Um, so uh, this cigar scored a 94 when it was reviewed that yep, year. That's good and if you've looked at the Cigar Aficionado uh, reviews, you know they're pretty stingy above about yeah. 90. Yeah. You know, they really are. 90, 91, usually, sometimes you'll look and, and the whole size is the highest score is a 90 or 91. Yeah, and, and they've kept that integrity over the years, too. If they're going to make a 90 rated and above, mm-hmm. it's going to be a darn good cigar. So when they rate something a 94, you kind of have to sit up and go, wow. Yeah. And that's kind of what this cigar made me do. It was beautifully complex it was bursting with flavor really rich notes of espresso spices cedar and this sort of toasty chocolate i don't know how to describe it any other way but it's sort of like like you know the way the chocolate tastes on a s'more if you could take the uh, the marshmallow out of it, and just the chocolate, that sort of toasted right. chocolate It's got a little flavor. campfire in it. Yeah, got a little campfire yeah. in it. 
I liked it. Uh, price to quality, it's so funny. I would give it an eight. I was uh, I was really trying to figure it out. It's a nine to ten dollar cigar, so it's a premium for sure. Yeah, but. Man, it was good. Yeah. It was really good. And I got this in one of the Cigar of the Month Club See, things. It wasn't something I went out and you know actually chose myself, but I was thrilled when I saw it. I thought, oh, that's going to be good. I was a little rushed on the end of the last segment, but uh, I think like the cigar that I tried was, I don't think it's over uh, like a six or mm-hmm. maybe seven. So it's right on the cusp. I believe of, that's right. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, your everyday smoker and a premium, and and it was just so good. Yeah. Not yeah. as complex as what you're talking about. Those right. very cigar though. But it just goes to show you how uh, one line of cigars can do really well in a couple. Now, how of was different the burn styles? on yours? Because mine was so good, I Near couldn't believe perfect. it. Yeah, I mean, Near perfect. mine was so good, I couldn't believe it. And I will tell you, I have had so many experiences. It feels like lately with cigars where the flavor was terrific. But the burn was okay to marginal. Like we, we call those Gurkhas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love the flavor of Gurkhas. I do but too. They have but boy, the are they a total frustrating experience yeah. to smoke very often. Not every one. Yeah, but but very very that. often. So all right, let's do some beer tasting. The uh, uh, the Odell Brewing Company out of Fort Collins, Colorado has. The I'm dr- sorry. Did I did I prematurely do that? Whole I, I, the I, Odell. Yes, there you go. The drum roll, American Pale Ale. Yes, so so an American Pale Ale is kind of like probably one of the best known examples of an APA is Sierra Nevada uh, Pale Ale. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. This does come in cans, by the way. I haven't seen this in bottles. I actually just kind of stumbled across this, and being. I guess I can admit this publicly. It's you know, it's just a radio show with you and me, and you know, a few of our closest friends, uh, <laughs> thousands of our closest yeah, friends. Yeah, the only instrument I can play very well, and and I can't even play it very well. But the only instrument I can play, even sort of passably, is the drums. So when I see um, something that to do with drums, I I will stop, and so that's exactly what I did. And I love uh, APAs, and so I thought, you know what. This would be a good one for us to try. Plus, Odell has a stellar track record. I love ninety their beer. shilling. Mm-hmm. Love I will. I will beer. hail ninety shilling mm-hmm. until the end of my days because mm-hmm. that is such a good beer. So you get this, a little bit of a citrus on the nose. Yeah, there's total citrus mm-hmm. right off the bat on mm-hmm. that. I never think of drums and and citrus fruit, but I mean, this really pulls it all together. Part of what got me excited about this beer is even in the packaging. And certainly, it's reflected in the flavor as I've just taken a uh, a nice hit of this. But um, it's a very spring-looking packaging, mm-hmm. and we've had a couple of warm days and then a couple of cold days here in February, and so it's making me like I'm getting cabin fever. I'm totally ready for spring, and so just kind of like, is this 16th oh, today? Is that what it is? It is. Yes. Okay, I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. just so you know. I don't know yeah. where you are in the country, but here in Houston, <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's February it's 16th. So. Uh, but I but I do have a serious like excitement for spring being. This has part. a little bit of grapefruit bitterness to it that I'm detecting, and it's delicious. I really this like it. This is one of my favorite styles of beer, just personally. Yeah, yeah. I really like this kind of drinkable, but a little bit of like heft to it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, sessionable, but at the same time, you do feel like you're drinking. There's a, a craft there's beer. a little upfront maltiness. There's in the middle of this has a uh, has a hoppy kind of delivery, and then at the end of it, it just crisp a grapefruit ish kind of finish and it's man this is good no you're right it it does it definitely has the hops but they're not like it's not the chewing it's on not a, a lingering no it's, hops, it's yes. not a lingering hops at it's, all it's that citrus that comes in and kind of cuts it right right, right. 
Yeah, uh, I I agree. I like that this has a to lot. be engineered that way. It's brilliant oh, actually Del, the way it crosses the tongue and goes. Man, you want another sip of that? Well, if you think about it, like how much of a science slash art brewing has become. I mean, yeah. think about how many craft breweries there are around the uh, around the country. You don't necessarily get to just keep fumbling about until you get it right. Like back in the old days, I think. Well, you know, they I could remember perfect their their used, recipes by just keeping. Continuing to try. Well, you know, if you go back 15 years from now or 20 years from now, um, you'd walk into a bar and they had, like here in Houston, you'd walk into a bar and they had macro brew, macro brew, macro brew, shiner. Right. That was it. Like, that's exactly. all you uh-huh. got. And then- And you were thrilled that they had the shiner. Right. And then Fat Tire showed up. Right, right. Like, that started becoming available everywhere, which, by the way, is a good beer. Yes, know. it is a good beer. And it's that's a, uh, is that an American ale? It's a pale ale. Uh, I believe it's a pale ale. Yeah, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a good one, too. Well, the Fat Tire, the Fat Tire, um, I think it's actually a blonde. Is it? I believe it may be a blonde. We'll yeah. Have to, we'll have to bring that in and do a test, uh, taste test well, on that. Well, you know, so that whole brewery, I think Ranger is their IPA, and I can't, I can't yeah, think yeah, of Yeah, Ranger's uh, their IPA. I, I can't think of their... Um, the name of the brewery off the uh, New Belgium. New Belgium, thank yeah. you. Um, they are a great brewery too, with a lot of great craft. The fifteen fifty four. Oh yes, that is the enlightened black ale is what they call that. That's We're brilliant. Talking. Yeah, we absolutely are talking. I like. So we should do. You know, maybe that'd be a good theme show. In fact, we we should try to find out if there's uh, someone near us who reps those guys who could come on and, we could. And, and talk about them because that would be good. We'll put in our due diligence. So I have to say, the Odell. Drum roll. APA is yes. quite delicious. I love it. I love it. I would recommend it. Red, I, I will buy that. Yeah. This is right in my wheelhouse in terms of flavor, uh, and I absolutely like it. So I mentioned that uh, Dunhill cigars are going away, what? and this is crazy because you know Dunhill has got they've got all the cigar stores and and lounges. There's really you know the really mm-hmm. fancy ones, uh, the really pricey ones. Fans of Dunhill cigars may want to stock up. British American Tobacco, the tobacco giant that owns the rights to Dunhill has announced they will remove the Dunhill cigar line from their portfolio. Do we know who the actual supplier for Dunhill was? Who was actually making those? I don't know back back in the day, but I think they're ma- actually made by British American Tobacco now. Oh, okay. So, uh, but it's one of those things like it's changed hands, right? Like so, they're probably outsourcing it. Uh, here's the, here's the their official quote. They said, like many companies, we continually review and refine. Our global strategy, boy, this is a lot of like uh, uh, fluff. fluff in this, we <laughs> continue to review and refine our global strategy to ensure the sustainability of our business. Um, Someone and, was just looking for syllables yeah, in that As sentence. part of this process, we've decided to cease the supply of Dunhill cigars and pipe tobacco as of mid-2018. These products, they go on to say, make up a very small part of our overall business, and the rest of the Dunhill portfolio is not affected by that decision. Uh, Dunhill cigars are distributed by General Cigar in the U.S., and they're made, here's some information for your question, uh, they're made at General's factories in Honduras, Nicaragua, and the Dominican Republic. Okay. So, um, I, I'm just surprised. I am too. Uh, their their Winston Churchill edition cigar is a great cigar. It's not a big flavored. It's a great cigar. I'm, I will I'm say I see it go away. I will say I don't buy a lot of Dunhills. I find them to be pricey, cost prohibitive for yes. what they are. So, 
But remember, they were the guys that came out with the $500 cigar that we talked about a There's couple that. of shows ago. So maybe they didn't sell enough of those, and now they're having to sell, having to cease production. When your cigar only cost, when your cigar costs $500, you only need to sell one. We back and taste the uh, Divine Reserve 17 from St. Arnold coming up. Oh, yeah, I love it. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. My name is Cruz. My partner is Ian Barry, and we are here talking about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Speaking of hand-rolled cigars, one of my favorite cigar companies, Casada Cigars, uh, is releasing uh, once again their annual iteration of the St. Patrick's Day keg. You know, I tried to buy another one of those holiday kegs, and I missed it. Like, they're none available anymore. Okay, so here's the thing about, and I love Casada for doing this, because not only do they have an extremely good, very respectable, regular line of cigars, but they put out the Oktoberfest kegs. Fantastic. They put which, Oktoberfest to this day is one of my favorite uh, like, lines of cigars. Just so amazing. Love them. Uh, I still have a couple left that I'm like hoarding a little I'm bit. Coming over. Uh, so uh, so Oktoberfest. They do the same thing with the holiday keg. You and I split a holiday keg. Remember? Yeah, uh, and, and it I was, was fantastic. I was recently looking. I was like, man, somebody's got to have one left over. There's not a single one to be found. Uh, if you have a holiday keg out there full of cigars, let me know. Yeah, I uh, yes, yeah. There might be you know there there might be some shop somewhere that's still got Somebody. one. You know? yeah. That could be. Uh, so then they've also got the St. Patrick's Day keg. And this year they say they've produced a fuller-bodied cigar by revamping the existing blend. They're adding a Bellicoso to the line, and uh, it'll come packaged in the miniaturized keg marked with the Casada logo that's kind of made to look like the Guinness logo. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Uh, cigars will uh, begin shipping next week. The St. Patrick's Day blend remains the same as last year. A dark Pennsylvania broadleaf wrapper, Nicaraguan binder and filler. The components of the blend, though, they say, have been tweaked to complement heavier imperial stouts as well as traditional Irish stouts. You, you had me at Casada. Yeah. <laughs> But I knew you would love this. See? <laughs> uh, so Casada says the imperial imperial stout pairing was also in consideration when it decided to add the figure out of the. Yeah, you know, I line, so. I uh, hate to judge a book by its cover, but when you say uh, Pennsylvania broadleaf, I like I I love that almost instantaneously. Well, the, and these are these are just I don't know. They're such yeah. full flavored cigars. Yeah. They have such great flavor, and I'm. I'm I'm now like all right. We're on a mission. We're going to go find a holiday keg somewhere uh, because those were great cigars. They were just so, fantastic. Uh, so, are you seeing what I have here in my hand? You have the Divine Seventeen, my friend. This is a Baltic Porter. Okay, now that's interesting. One of the things about the St. Arnold Divine line, which is their special limited release, and this is their 17th one. 17. 17, yeah. So you know something's working yep. when you're going 17 times. Um, one of the things, though, is you can't tell by the bottle. Nope. Nowhere on the bottle does it say even the style Nothing. of the beer. It just has. It could be, uh, you know, it could be an IPA. It could be it's uh, just barley wine. It could be anything. Yeah, yeah the label is just uh, St. Arnold. It's a purple label. It says Divine Reserve. The only way to know which one is which is to look it up. And if you look at the top label, the one that's up closer to the bottle cap mm -hmm. on the neck, it will have reserve and then a number. Right. In this like, case, 17. The one on the bottle never has anything different from That's one. right. From it's only that little one, one at the top. Until now, they're exactly the same. So I am a big fan of St. Arnold. These guys have been making quality beer based in Houston, Texas, longer than anybody. Yes. And I, I love what they do. I love what they're all about. I love their commitment to the actual 
brewing process and and what the beer is about. That said, I love porters. Yeah, We're they, about to dig into this. Oh, yeah, this is good. So what, I'm interested, though, to, to note that it used to be impossible to find Divine Reserve. And this one has not been too hard to find. And I noticed that actually with 16, too, is that I saw it around a right. lot of places. So I'm wondering if maybe they're producing a lot more of the Divine now than they used um, to. Well, here's the deal. They've done it as a limited run for so long. I mm-hmm. wonder if they did that as a limited run and just said, you know what, we're only going to put out, we're only going to spare this much room because we mm-hmm. have so much other stuff. Right. But they've got that big, beautiful brewery uh, right as you come into downtown from the east. Certainly more capacity than right, they had right back off in the of, old days. Right yeah. off of Interstate 10. And if you live anywhere from Florida to California, you know where Interstate 10 is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I'm wondering if they just said, you know what, we always sell out of this. Everyone's always looking for it. And the truth is, they're all great beers, so mm-hmm. why wouldn't they sell more of them? So, like, yeah, why, why wouldn't not, they? Right. Why, not, uh, why not make more and make people happy? Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it. It's it, I would rather this be a more easily accessible brew and and not have to like haunt my friends that will go stand in line. <laughs> right. At the, See, at the and, I, and I'll tell you a little secret about store. me. I don't like standing in line for anything. No, if there fan. isn't a roller coaster at the other end, yeah, that's right. I, just, I just can't bear it. You know what I mean? I, I really I can't. I, I went to... Um, uh, I, there was something I needed that they sell at the Hallmark store in the building across from across the way from me, and I really needed it. I thought, okay, I'm going to bounce in there and get it, but I'll have to talk to the sales clerk because it's in the display window, and they'll have to take it down. And I bounce in, and I look up, and there's a line in the Hallmark store in the mall where there's never more than one person like shopping there. There's, <laughs> the, I'm not kidding you, there's 15 or 16 people in line waiting to check out at the register. And I'm like, what? alternate reality have i stepped into and then i realized it was the day before valentine's oh, day and it was all guys yeah. standing in line to buy their wife a valentine right well i'm i'm so bad like that if i see a line like that i will just go somewhere else oh i or, bailed i bailed take i did penalty yeah. i didn't buy what i was going to i bailed yeah, yeah. or just take the penalty whatever so uh back, uh, we, to, back to divine reserve we're talking too much because i want to open this yes let's do it Oh yeah, there we go. Oh yeah, that now, sounded, I just opened that with that uh, sounded very a, succulent. This is a Christmas present. This is a. I like this. It's the shape of a credit card. It's a little steel mm-hmm. uh, bottle opener. Oh, it's heavy too. I like yeah, that. it's yeah. it's steel and it's In the got shape of the Texas. shape of Texas cut out of it, which just happens to open a bottle to perfectly. fit quite nicely, doesn't it? And it yes. fits right there in my wallet. And uh, I don't know if I can take it on a plane yet, you know, because. TSA and all that, but anyway, it fits right in my wallet. I forgot I had it until we uh, started like it. Well, going to open this. So, so here we go this. with the device. Oh, and I can already tell Look as you're pouring how rich and dark that is. Wow. I'm pouring this heavy because we have a bomber. <laughs> if you're not um, sure what a bomber is, that's 750 milliliters. Yes, and it's so much easier to say bomber than 750 milliliters. <laughs> yeah. Well, after you've had a few, it's much, yeah, much milliliters. easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not sure if you're saying it's a bomber or I'm bombed or what. I'm, I'm convinced, by the way, that's why the U.S. never converted to the metric system, is because it's really hard to say milliliters after you've had a few. Milliliter, milliliter, yeah, milliliter. It's much easier to say ounces. I haven't drank enough yet. It's 16 ounces. Ounces. <laughs> All right, so here we are with uh, Divine 17. Oh, you said this is a Baltic amazing. Porter, a is Baltic that right? Porter. Mm. Mm, smell oh, like wow, caramel. That, that date and caramel smell? Mm, mm, mm. Oh, this is rich. Very raisiny, rich. isn't it? I love the look at the look at the uh, head on this. The, mm-hmm. the head on this has just these beautiful bubbles, and it's like mine. I didn't even pour mine carefully, and I have about oh, what's that? About three eighths of an inch of a head. This is a wonderful this. beer. 
amazing. Yeah. Here's here's what struck me. I really liked the first taste, and then I swallowed it, and it just it was kind of like it just float the flavor floated back up to my head. Does that make any sense? You have to quit talking, or people are going to think you <laughs> like beer. <laughs> They're gonna think, you know what, this cruise uh, guy, he just likes. Beer. I do just like beer. <laughs> no, this this is good. The uh, the aftertaste, the the finish, pauses for a second and then kind of floats up. Yeah, I agree with that. It floats up with a little bit of burnt caramel and a little bit of raisin. Oh, and it's so nice when it does That's, too. Yeah, this is a good good. Wow. Beer. So St. Arnold, I mean, these guys, they've been doing it for so long. Yeah. First of all, they really ha- are. One of the trailblazers of the craft beer scene, particularly well, in this part of the country. Here's the thing: this is Divine Reserve 17. You 17? have to give them yeah. credit. That's 17 different, right? Uh, I don't reserve know if I even, beers that they've made. If I were a brewmaster, I don't know if I could come up with 17 different That's beers. 17 you know? different wow. formulas. Every time they got to come up with something new. And what they almost have to do is come up with something that's so different because these divines. Aren't all going to become the next regularly available right. St. Arnold? So they not only have to come up with something, but they have to come up with something that's a little off the beaten path, right? You know, and he's got to make you want it a little bit, you know. Although, but I they're could, great at their marketing. I could too, totally so. see this becoming a regular oh, yeah, release. Yeah. This is I wonder what the good. I wonder what the ABV is on that. I, I don't know. Maybe up. you can look that up. I don't know because <laughs> uh, because again, there's it no is, information on the bottle. It um, is delicious. There's no. It just says Texas Craft Brewed Ale. 1.6 fluid ounces. It's 9.2%. Okay, so that's not like... No, that's pretty brutal. As much as I was expecting, I should say. Well, okay, right. I get that, but that's pretty brutal. You don't, <laughs> you drink that whole bomber, you're going to be in a good place. <laughs> well, fortunately, we're fortunately we're splitting this one up. And don't so. don't operate heavy machinery at that point. No, no, you definitely don't want to. So Walmart sued over fake craft beer. That story is coming up. Um, the Beer Lover's Guide to... Craft beer that won't make you fat. That's coming up. Craft beer that won't make Craft you fat. Beer, yep. And plus, we still have some tasting to do. Uh, we're going to taste the uh, Southern Star Half Nelson IPA. Looking forward to that. And then in the next segment, I have brought in... Do you remember uh, in uh, a number of shows back where I brought in the uh, rum that was pineapple-infused? I do. And I talked about how my wife had discovered that she was out someplace, and yes. and somebody introduced her to her. She came home and said, and oh, was, we got to get some. It was oddly good. It even was though, amazing, yeah. Even though pineapple-infused sounds like Does that, that would be too much. That doesn't sound weird, like something know? I would like. I'll right. be really honest. No, vodka, fine. No, but that, sound, that sounds like a good idea. Right. Pineapple-infused vodka. Well, vodka is rather rum, inert anyway, right, so it right. takes the flavor The vodka well. just takes on the flavor yeah. of whatever you have. But, yeah, but rum and pineapple, I'm thinking, no, that's going to be too. The rum's already sweet. That's going to be to instead it works perfectly and it feels like a, a grown-up liquor uh, right. when you drink it uh, well I went and investigated plantation is the company that makes that and that's about a $25 a bottle uh, uh, rum so it's not super that's expensive not pricey, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I thought what would happen if we went to plantations pricier stuff like to their ultra premium top end rum and so that's what we have here today that we'll be sampling in the next segment the plantation 20th anniversary xo barbados rum and i've actually uh, already broken into this bottle, yeah it, as, as yeah, it looks tell. like the seal might have been broken <laughs> once but what how old is xo on uh rum is uh, the you, question. you know I, I probably should know the answer to that but i believe that it has to be 20 years to be an xo we're coming back to that on the break. Uh, we will come back to that after the break. Once we, if only there was some sort of small handheld device where we could go in and research 
questions like that. If there were, only there was a device. If only there were. Um, I wish, thank you guys for... Uh, I wish Bobby would wave his hands whenever we're running low on time. <laughs> Actually, he did. You didn't see him? Well, he waved a, a finger, at least. So uh, so we are, uh, are going to take a quick break. We will come back with some Plantation XO, however old that allows us to be, uh, and details about uh, Walmart being sued over the craft beer. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. My name is Cruz. My partner, uh, Ian Barry. Sensing the way the beer winds were blowing, Walmart, early last year, started selling its own line of craft beers, according to the Washington Post. And we've seen this. We've reported about this. Now the retail giant's being accused of selling fake craft beers in order to trick customers into paying more in a lawsuit that calls Walmart's craft beers, and I'm quoting here, Wholesale fiction, end quote. Well, if you're a macro brew mm-hmm. or a company that uh, can afford to have something made for you like that, and you see a market share going to a very specific place, right, right, then you might want to get in. You on You might there, want right? to advance. Walmart says it's working in collaboration, word in quotes, with Trouble Brewing to brew four styles of craft beer. But here's the catch. Is that collaboration or corroboration? Well, either way, there is no trouble brewing. There is no Are you serious? It doesn't exist. (laughs) Yes. There is no such U.S. brewery. Trouble brewing is just a fiction? Yep. Government filings say the beer is actually made by WX Brands. The address listed is for Genesee Brewing, which is based in Costa Rica and makes... This is not the Genesee Brewery, apparently that we were talking about. That was in oh. um, that was in the Carolinas that had the the right that had uh, the big the big tree. craft beer Christmas right, right. tree, right? Uh, because according to the lawsuit, the address list is for Genesee Brewing in Costa Rica, which makes and again I'm quoting here, cheap college party staples. End quote. So it's a little surprise. <laughs> it's a little surprise that one taste tester describes Walmart's red flag amber as quote good for flip cups. End quote. <laughs> uh, the four trouble brewing craft beers are stocked at more than three thousand WalMarts in forty five states, where the consumerist reports they're placed on the shelves with other craft beers. But the lawsuit alleges the beers, whose packaging gives no evidence that Walmart has anything to do with them. By the way don't meet any of the standards for craft beers listed by the Brewers Association, according to Courthouse News. Those standards include being less than 25% owned by a non-craft brewer and making fewer than 6 million barrels of beer per year. An attorney believes that WX Brands slash Genesee Brewing makes 6 million barrels of beer for Walmart's Trouble Brewing brand alone. The lawsuit was filed in Ohio. They're seeking damages and blah, blah, blah for anyone who's ever purchased. If you put one case of beer in every Walmart, that would be $6 million. Right, exactly. All right, so here is our mission, uh, Ian. One of the two of us has to find all four of these Walmart beers, and we will be sampling these. Because that's what we do. See, a lot of people think that we set up this whole show simply because we wanted to drink really good beers and some really fine scotches and maybe some rums and tequilas that, that and we wanted to smoke like great all, cigars and they would be exactly right oh, okay, but yeah, but yeah. beyond that though we, we have a responsibility to go out into the world 
and taste test things like the Walmart beers so you don't have to. So you know. <laughs> or or maybe or maybe let's be objective here. Maybe we bring those in and we go, you know what? This isn't bad. I mean it could happen. All right, so, all right Bobby. So it's like a public service. It's like a it's public like, service. That's exactly you're, right. You're, you're you, both your your helpers. That's exactly. See that's now what, we can now we can actually we justify ourselves on the FCC because we are actually providing a, prob- that's a public right. service. Providing a public service, and that's which radio has to do to justify that's itself. That's what that's what we do, and I'm very happy to be a part of it. I feel fulfilled in a certain. I'm way. actually in here with some uh, some radio veterans in here, and they're looking at me like, <laughs> "How do you actually know that?" Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all good. It's all good. I promise. So, uh, so it's time to do a little rum tasting as we, you know, continue with our plan to, you know, do, you know, our, our public service work. And uh, here we go. Ooh, did that you was, hear that? That was nice. Why don't yeah. you do that again? That okay, was I can. I can probably do that. Yeah. Again. yeah. Ooh, I like <laughs> That's that. A, ooh, it smells good. So, plantation. Uh, I will just repeat. Makes the uh, my favorite infused rum, which is the pineapple infused rum, and that is a staple at our house. It's my wife's favorite uh, alcohol right now. It's 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 her. Well, go-to. I pop that open and I yes. smell pineapple and spice. Just now you're talking right about up. just on this plantation. Just uh, the twenty popping it open in front of me. By the way, during the break, we did look up EXO, and at least as it pertains to cognac, and we believe to rum as well. EXO means six eight, at least six, six years. years or more. Yeah, at least six years. Um, but I think we also found that most companies doing an XO on rum are uh, fifteen to twenty. That may be true. That's uh, that's, that's at least our that's our, hearsay. Our thought. So totally hearsay. I will say that when you uh, first try this on the nose, this rum comes off as if it's going to be have a bit more bite than a lot of the super premium rums, which is the category I'd put this in. A lot of the rums, super premiums, by the time you get to super premium, they are so smooth that, that it almost doesn't feel in some ways like you're this has a, drinking alcohol. This has a great smell. You can taste like mm-hmm. the cane sugar. You can or you can smell. Sorry, mm-hmm. I haven't tasted it yet. You can smell the cane sugar. You can smell the, you smell the, the vanilla. molasses and vanilla mm-hmm. in it. Uh, but you also smell the alcohol. Like There's a bit yes. of that going on. And so I would say take a sip and then tell me what you feel. It actually is way smoother than it smells, and it smells pretty good. Well, here's what I was going to say. But it's way smoother than it smells. Having had a lot of the ultra-premium rums, because this is a category I really enjoy, Hold I on. think it has more bite than most ultra-premiums. Wow, vanilla. Yes. On the aftertaste? On the aftertaste. Yes. like just Isn't that great? Up, breathe out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wow, vanilla. Yeah. Lots like like vanilla- all over the place. I think that's one of the reasons that I like rums because I love uh, premium rums. I love premium tequilas, and the thing that those two things have in common is they often have because of their aging. They often have a pretty good amount of vanilla. Yeah, in the, the vanilla flavoring. Mm-hmm. Right, and I love that. Come I from the that. barrels. Yes, absolutely. So there's a lot of banana in that too. Actually, well, that I wasn't picking up on the smell. In most great but rums, you're flavor. Going to get yeah, some there's banana. a yes. lot of banana in mm-hmm. that. That's as absolutely well. right. Like, so and almost like banana peel, a little tiny astringency to it. My thought here, Ian, is that this has a little more bite to it than most of the super premium rums that I'm used to that can get so smooth. And this, it's not that it's not smooth because it is, 
but it has just that little bit of like reminding you that There's you're drinking heat. some alcohol. Yeah, there. a little a bit of heat. Yeah, there's a heat. It's a kind heat though. It's it's oh, it's man, a nice a and kind. Room. Like this would be great winter night. This would be great with a cigar. Yeah, this yeah, would be great be with. I can't believe the banana in there though. The banana mm-hmm. and there's a little like just a kiss of like at the end of the banana. There's almost a little kiss of cinnamon. That just like tiny hint. So I'm going to tell you this now. The cigar that I mentioned in our earlier segment, the La Aroma de Cuba Mi Amor Reserva Divino, this is what I drank when I was smoking it. I bet that one was. It was fantastic. I, think, I still think it's so funny that we both had Aroma de Cubas <laughs> this week that we were talking about. And it's funny because that's not like a brand that you would expect like every day. Like it's a no. it's a much smaller, you know, less yep. uh, well-known brand. But anyway, that's uh, that's very interesting. Uh, but I love this rum. I you know I'm a rum fan in general. But I love this rum, and so I will tell you, you inspired me, actually, to try something. And so I don't know if, if it worked or not, but I did wind up enjoying it. Um, I lit the cigar, the La Aroma de Cuba cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lit the cigar, smoked it down about a half an inch, and then I went and smelled my rums. Because you always talk about That's doing that. That's the method. You always talk about doing That's that with method. your whiskeys, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I went and smelled the rums, and this was the one that I landed on. And boy, boy, was it a great compliment to that cigar. Just fantastic. Yeah. So. And, you know, I imagine that that method could work the other way around if you really try. But the problem is, once your cigars have been sitting in your humidor, mm-hmm. then the outside smell of your cigar takes on a little bit of a collective flavor. That is true, although uh, there is nothing more exciting, though. Then when you're taking that cigar out of the humidor, you haven't lit it yet, but you run it like right into yeah, your nose and take that, that first breath in. That. Oh, man, well, so that's good. My humidor is a little, it's a small cabinet with four drawers in it, okay? Mm-hmm. And so I open it. It's got two bay doors that you open up, uh, like cabinet doors, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And uh, when you open it up, it's like, it's like walking into a humidor at a shop. Like you open it up and you get that smell right in your face. And I love that. Like sometimes, I, sometimes I'm not even going to have a cigar and I walk over to it and I just open it up and I go, it's so delicious. It's like that, okay, those of you that have walked into a cigar humidor at a place, you oh, know yeah, what I'm and you know about. that smell. That, that smell you that open the humidor like, door oh, and you're so like, rich. Mm. It's so rich. And it reminds you of being in, if, if you're not a, like a cigar person even, it can remind you of being in, in like an old library yeah. with that rich mahogany yeah, smell and the yeah. smell of the old books. And it's just that very important <laughs> and very intellectual and right. distinctive kind of feeling. That's exactly right. Oh, man, I love it. Well, uh, I am a fan of this rum, I have to say. This is uh, one of my favorite things that I've sort of newly discovered in the last uh, couple of months. Nice. So those of you that weren't hip to what we just said, what I like to actually do is I like to take my cigar and I'll smoke a half an inch of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll light it, smoke about a half an inch, get get the flavor. Get you know, get really into the cigar and start recognizing the flavors, and then I go find my scotch and I open each bottle and I just give it a sniff. And what happens is, eventually, I'll find one that really just jives with what I've got going on flavor-wise with the cigar, and that's mm-hmm. what I choose to drink that night. I love it. Yep, I love that's it. a pretty fun thing mm-hmm. to do. A very fun thing to do. And you know what? When you're, you know, when you're um, trying to pair things up, it can be like totally hit or miss. So that's that's a perfect way to like. Sort of up the odds that your pairing is going to work. Well, like this know? particular this particular uh, rum smells a little different than it tastes too. Like yes, it, it does. smells like it's actually going to be less smooth than it tastes. Right. And when you taste it, it's smoother than you think. And then you get the banana. Like it doesn't it doesn't really smell like banana to me. 
like I, t- I smell the date, I smell the molasses, but I don't smell the banana. But then you taste but then the when banana. You taste yeah. it, the mm-hmm. banana is right there. No in your question. Face. No question. Well, uh, we have got uh, a little bit more tasting to do. Uh, we're going to be trying the Southern Star Half Nelson IPA. Southern Star, the brewery out of Conroe, Texas. Uh, I've been there. I've been to one of their beer events. I had a lot of fun, and it was one of those things that I'm like, next time I do that, i got to make sure I have a better plan for getting home. Uh, but we can talk about that at, <laughs> at some point. Uh, so we have that to taste, and we want to talk about... Um, the fact that beer lovers, you don't have to choose between your waistline and craft beer. You just have to choose wisely. We'll help you do that. Coming up. Is smoking and toasting. My name is Cruz. My partner and uh, friend uh, is uh, Ian Barry. Ian is is um, a guy that you know. I remember when I first met you, and I, it didn't take me long hanging out with you to realize we should totally be doing a show. <laughs> and here we are. So uh, it just gives us a good excuse to to drink together, and we've been enjoying some really fine stuff. I have to say, this show has been like an out of the park hit for me in terms of the quality of the stuff that we've tasted. Not only yeah. did you and I both talk about a great cigar, uh, but the uh, Odell Brewing drum roll American Pale Ale was fantastic. The St. Arnold Divine Reserve 17, wonderful. Yeah, that and Baltic the, uh, Porter. Delicious. And this Plantation XO uh, 20th Anniversary Barbados Rum, just, yes. just stellar. I want so, to rub that on my chest. It's delicious. <laughs> I don't so know what that means. Left, left for us uh, for this show is the... Uh, Southern Star, Half Nelson IPA. We talked about this. Southern Star is a brewery in Conroe, Texas, a little to the north of Houston. Uh, They're a great brewery. They've done uh, a number of really remarkable beers, but they're not one of those breweries that puts out a new beer every other week. No. no. You know, they're they're small. No, they have a winter warmer that's a seasonal, Mm -hmm, and they have a mm -hmm. few other, but they have their staple beers. Buried Hatchet. Uh, buried Hatchet. Can we talk Buried Hatchet for just a minute? Their Buried Hatchet is literally, okay, I'm going to put it out here. Mm -hmm. Their Buried Hatchet is one of the best stouts on the market. Mm -hmm. And I will say that, hands down, no qualms about it. Their Buried Hatchet is amazing. Their Buried Hatchet is close to me. uh, It goes toe-to-toe with Founder's Breakfast Stout, which is like one of the absolute best stouts that ever has existed. It's amazing. Uh, I'm looking at this packaging though. This is fantastic. The half Nelson IPA. Yeah. This is obviously hand drawn. Yes. And uh, it's got and, a sort of a comic book look to it. And for those of you in the north that are listening to this, these two wrestlers. There's two wrestlers on here. Mm-hmm. This is called Half Nelson. That's a wrestling move. That's if you a know wrestling what it is, move. I'll yes. describe it in a moment. Um, so there's two wrestlers on here, and um, uh, one of them has the other in a Half Nelson, but they both have luchador masks. And what and does if, that mean? Is that if significant? you're not sure what the luchador mask is, that's a, in a Mexican wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mexican wrestlers are called luchadors, and they always have a mask on. So, like only the mouth or the lower part of the jaw is ever exposed, and the right. entire rest of the face is uh, covered. It's Sometimes covered. the entire face, but it's almost the entire head is is covered in a luchador mask. Is there a significance? Like I know when you talk like Day of the Dead, like there's significance to everything in the Day of the Dead look and artwork. Is there a significance to this luchador mask other than that's just the style? 
No, I think it's just a style. I don't know. Like, I, I'm not that deep into it. Okay. But I'm looking at this and I'm seeing details that I didn't notice at first. Like, so, okay, the one wrestler in the yellow and red mask has the green and yellow mask guy in a half Nelson, which is where mm -hmm. one arm is completely around uh, the other person's neck. And mm -hmm. then the second arm is uh, is holding that arm in place in a locked position. So you're kind of pinned. Right, yeah. so you're pinned in position. Like, your neck is stuck if you're in a half Nelson. Well, what I like but, is his, his tattoo that says beer. <laughs> so so the wrestler that's stuck in position is trying to get out, and he has a tattoo that says beer, and it's kind of a beer cap. But the, the wrestler that is actually holding the half Nelson, his knuckles read love and hate, just like, uh, just like uh, uh, from... Uh, Oh, hold on. I'm almost there. Uh, Meatloaf from what was the movie? Oh, from uh, the uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky Horror yes. Picture oh, Show. Okay, where he had gotcha, love yes. and hate on his knuckles. Oh, okay. See, that's a that's a detail I didn't remember. That's that's crazy. Or love wait a second. Now that I look at it, it's got to be one wrestler's hand and then the other wrestler's hand. I'm not sure. I've been drinking. It's, Whatever. It's but it's it's a really a really interesting and intriguing. Package. It is a fantastic yeah. package. Mm -hmm. so, so let's taste this baby. Now I will say while he's opening this up, you know, of course I'm kind of the IPA guy, I guess, on the show, and uh, it's it's something that I'm very interested in because the brewmaster, according to uh, ancient legend, the brewmaster at Southern Star is the guy who created. Um, when he was working for St. Arnold, who created Alyssa IPA, which is one of the classic IPAs uh, from this part of the country. Well, so. you know, at the Ginger Man, they had the Alyssa IPA on cask for a lot of years. On cask. On cask. And I got to tell you, I like the Alyssa IPA. That's a great IPA. The Alyssa IPA on cask is brilliant. Wow. Now, how did it differ? Like, what did the cask... Uh, conditioning do for it? Well, first off, it's drawn from the cask rather than uh, a bunch of CO2 pushed into it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So any carbonation that's in there is completely natural. Um, the uh, the So it's very little uh, carbonation whatsoever. And then on top of that, it's cask conditioned, so it's this huge, it's like uh, the St. Arnold cask condition, the IPA with the huge oaky flavor, it's just so it adds so it add, it imparts a bit of that oakiness. Huge, to the yeah. IPA. There's a dryness to the end of it. Very it's interesting. Not yeah. it's not tart. It's a, but it finishes real dry. It's oh man, it's fantastic. Well, I have to tell you, I am loving this on the nose because it comes off on the nose as very citrusy and potentially sessionable, reminding me a little of the Founders All Day IPA. That kind of a of a taste. This smells that. great. It smells mm -hmm. like citrusy and white grape almost. Yes. Oh, white. Grape. grape, I yeah. totally get that. Totally get that. Yes, like that kind mm -hmm. of flavor, almost mm -hmm. like a Chardonnay kind of smell to it. I can tell you, after taking the first taste of this, this is one of those. And I know a lot of people think, you know, when you think IPAs or some of the stronger beers, you begin to think about, you know, room temperature and uh, the beers. This is a beer best best consumed cold. Ice. Cold. You know, I think that this would actually stand up at room temperature, mm -hmm. though. Uh, you well, know? I'm sure that it would, but I love the cold. It's so good cold. Love yeah, it's cold. crisp and delicious. It's very refreshing. It is, and uh, it has that a uh, little bit of uh, burnt caramel aftertaste mm -hmm. to it, and it does. It has that Chardonnay grape kind of Picking flavor. Picking up to a it. big citrus really, vibe too. That's really like mm -hmm. hitting my nose almost. I like this a lot. This is uh, so interestingly enough. This is an IPA, an India Pale Ale, 
which I think of as a little bit hoppier and uh, more bitter than an American pale ale, like the one that we tried earlier. But this is also much more balanced than a this lot of is very IPAs. Balanced, it's yes. very balanced. Like from from head to toe, this is a good beer. Mm. I'm liking it. Well, while we're enjoying this, and I would say recommending this really highly, particularly to those of you who are looking for the more sessionable uh, kind of IPAs, let me run down some uh, some thoughts about beers, craft beers that won't make you fat. Um, alcohol contributes to weight gain in two ways. One, it contains calories, and two, it monopolizes your metabolism, which means that your body burns alcohol calories first and stores the unused food calories for later. So That's just bastardly. The higher the alcohol content, basically, uh, the bigger the weight gain, which also is kind of frustrating. Uh, but it that, is what it that is. That would explain my XL, my double XL T-shirt. Yes, it would. So <laughs> session beers, though, contain less than five percent ABV, so you can be svelte and not slur your words. Is what the is what it says here. Uh, the best part these days, no matter your style, there's a lower ABV beer option that'll please your palate. So without further ado, here's what to drink to get the bite without the booze. So the the premise of this list is. Lower ABVs equal fewer calories, and yet may still have, you know, really good. You do good realize this is all bad news to me. Right? I realize this, but but let's okay. Let's go. Let's go here. First of all, I right, go ahead. Let's start. Lay it if, on me. If Lay you like, if you like hoppy, Founders All Day IPA four point seven is they call it the OG of this category. It is like, uh, it is it is the. Captain of the sessionable IPAs. That is amazing. Firestone, Walker, Easy Jack, 4.5%. A definite contender for new classic. And uh, both of them come like from you know pretty heavyweight microbreweries. Right. So, uh, but don't let the flood of IPAs, they say, distract you from the fact that there are some seriously good APAs, American Pale Ales, like the drum roll that we had. Uh, they're a little more balanced and demure, but they still have a, ho- a solid hop character. Bell's Oatsmobile at 43 they say give that a shot, with the namesake Oats giving it some serious body that helps uh, offset the fact that the alcohol content is lower. Unfortunately, here in Texas, we can't get the bells. This is true. This Unless is true. you have somebody from the north supplying you. Who can supply you. Which Anybody up there from the north should send us bells. Anyway. If you like dark. Especially the two-hearted ale. That's delicious. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. If you like dark. Uh, it's easy to assume that dark-filling beers will go straight to your love handles, yet the most well-known stout in the world... Guinness Draft clocks in at 4.2 ABV. Yep. So Guinness is actually not a more fattening beer. A lot of people wouldn't know that. It's also good for you, of course. Also hailing from the UK, Samuel Smith's Oatmeal Stout at about 5%. Mm, is another old one. favorite that brings all the rich malty character. For something a bit different, you could try uh, Unita's Baba Black Lager at only 4% ABV. I haven't These tried that These are lighter-bodied beers but heavy on the roast flavor without any of the uh, bitterness often associated with dark beers. If you like malty, look That's, to the UK. Pick me, pick me. All Ooh, right. Mr. Cotta. Look to the UK for toasty toffee and caramel notes. While keeping the ABV low, Irish-style red ales, they say. Uh, Yards, Yards Brawler at 4.2% out of Philly. 
they say is a beautiful balance, ruby-hued example of a darker English mild that, despite the violent name, should keep you and your waistline on an even keel. <laughs> um, if you like crisp, lagers, blonde ales, wheat beers, inherently lighter styles, uh, most mainstream light beers fall in this category. It's likely you're ready for a citrusy wheat beer, uh, like, and I'm trying to pronounce this uh, correctly, but sh- uh, Schnickelfritz. I think that's it. Uh, or Sierra Nevada's Killer Weiss. Those are good. If you like sours, uh, Westbrook Ghost. Call us if we did that at wrong. At 4% is, uh, uh, is a recommendation. And Evil Twin Sour Bikini at 3%. is like drinking a session IPA through a lemon, they say. I just want to throw out um, Shiner. Shiner Light Blonde Shiner is, Light in Blonde. my opinion, yeah. the best lighter beer in the world. I think it's fantastic. So, so there you go. I mean, that was a list of a lot of beers that you can try. That is? It, it definitely is. What a fun show, Ian. Thank you, man, for, good time. Uh, for hanging. Uh, it feels like we could drink and talk for another couple hours, but we'll call that show number uh, 30, and we'll do it next week. Smoking and toasting. This is when we examine the Walmart beers. Come back for that, kids. Oh, well, by the way, cheers. Orbiting your living room, cashing in the Bill of Rights, Cuban Army